Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacey Toth of PaleoParents.com. You might also know me as the broth lady or the inventor of the hashtag more vegetables than a vegetarian. I'm the co-author of several paleo cookbooks, including Eat Like a Dinosaur, Beyond Bacon, and Real Life Paleo. I like to talk about health at any size and self-love and personal acceptance. Specifically, I have a love for lifting heavy things. If you're interested in finding more out about that, you can also find me on Strongly Radio. And I'm Dr. Sarah Valentine, the paleomom.com. I'm the New York Times bestselling author of The Paleo Approach and The Paleo Approach Cookbook. I'm passionate about nutrient density and the intersection of diet and lifestyle with health. Which really means I just love talking about science. News and views, where Sarah and I catch up and you get to listen to our gossip. Stacy, you have a special guest over. I do. I'm going to try to make awkward eye contact with Sarah. <laughs> it's almost like making awkward eye contact with me, but it's not me. It's not it's you. another Sarah. It's not you. Yeah. Um, so Sarah from Primal Bites is here. Hello. She came for the weekend to compete in a strong woman competition. Um, and yeah. So we thought while you were here, we would kidnap you and make you answer questions for the podcast. Totally. I'm happy to do it. I, yeah. I like literally told her five minutes ago. I'm like, oh, we got to go do the podcast. She's like, we? <laughs> so, Sarah, we've had this planned for like... Yeah. You saw us. already like pulled the show notes together and everything. Well, that's... I mean, it's good news, but it's news to me. <laughs> happy to do it, though. Um, um, we always like to take advantage of... Uh, experty people visiting us <laughs> by throwing them on the show and asking them questions on the spot about stuff. Well, <laughs> I'm flattered to be called an expert. There you go. <laughs> so um, you should tell Sarah what happened today. Oh, so <laughs> I competed in my second strongman competition, but it was the first one where I actually had like a significant number of competitors and uh, I won open middleweight. So I'm excited. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, she did awesome. I was totally like mama henning from afar because I had a wedding today. So I only got to be there for the first event. And I was like, what's happening next? Who have you talked to? Who's helping you? Send me the video. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, I had to send so, all the videos. <laughs> so you guys have both had busy days is what you're saying. Yes. Indeed. I have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have two, but it was more like helping my nine-year-old with a project on the history of the English language. <laughs> So really, it's a different kind of exciting. <laughs> yeah, very, very. I it was she really wanted to know about it, and then I just like hooked her up with the like Merriam-Webster dictionary like story about it. She's like, I don't, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> and then I read it. I was like, me neither. Let's find something for kids. And then we both we both learned a lot. So it was like, it was a good bonding bonding experience. Um, and she is now, well, she's asleep now, but she's now turning all of the information she learned into an iMovie because that's what nine-year-olds do now. That's pretty cool. But I was like, do you want my help with that, honey? She's like, no, mom. I, I got love it. that they're teaching them technology in school now because like my son's learning PowerPoint. And I'm like, that would have been such a good skill to have. Yeah. 
I still don't understand why they don't teach them to do taxes and balance their checkbook, yeah. but maybe someday we'll get there. Oh yeah. As someone who's about to graduate from college and be a real adult, I'm like, I still haven't learned how to do that. Why has <laughs> taught I, me I that? Take, I had to take a high school class that was that. Oh really? Probably because you were yeah. in Canada. In America, <laughs> we expect people to just blink their eyes and, and figure that out on their own. There's always H&R Block, I guess, is what the philosophy is. Yep. Yeah, that must be the philosophy as we're trying to help businesses stay in business by having people not do their own taxes. But. Mm-hmm. Speaking of you being a college student, um, we didn't really give a proper intro. You've been on this show before, right? I think so. I don't remember now. Maybe. Okay. Well, do you you remember Sarah? uh, So I remember all of us hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think I've been on the show. Okay. Well, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Just to tell people a little bit about Sarah. So Sarah and I met online, right? Yeah. Well, we met and we met in New York City. Right, uh, yeah, at, at the at the book, book thing, and you gave me the sweetest note. <laughs> it was the sweetest note. It was Sarah gets notes all the time, and I got a note, and I was like, I got a note, and I really like this girl, and so we like connected on Instagram, and because that's where people hang out yeah. and, and meet friends, not in real life anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then you came and visited here, which is where you touched your first strongman implement. Yes. Over, like, right after Thanksgiving last year yeah. or something, right? It was on Thanksgiving, actually, yeah. I came. So, and wait, so, wait, wait. Stacy introduced you to strongman? Yes, she the did. The story is getting better and better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I think is um, cool is that Sarah is, like, a single college student. At this point, you're almost a graduated <laughs> yes. senior. But um, this is the second time that she's come and stayed third. with us. Third. Third time? Yeah. What was that? I can't remember the other time the Thanksgiving I came, one. No, I came back in, like, a, like February or March, and then we went to the edge. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah, was yeah. a different trip. Yeah. I was so boring those all together. Fun story. Sarah's parents live not that far from me. Right. Yeah. So I get to hang out with Sarah when she's, like, <laughs> home visiting her family. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I think is really cool is that Sarah doesn't care that we're old suburban moms. And she teaches <laughs> she teaches us cool things like how to use Snapchat and totally tolerates the fact that my kids were complete brats yesterday. <laughs> like, I'm like, I swear they're not always like this. Um, but despite the fact that you are very mature and all of these things... Um, what I think is really cool is she has like tailored her college education towards basically sustainability and transferring that into a career and has a lot of good, um, opportunities already kind of coming out of college, which is awesome. Um, and being that you are a successful college student, as Sarah phrased it, we thought maybe we could, um, use you to answer some questions that we don't relate to. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we actually have, I think... The most amazing question that um, neither Stacy nor I have the experience to answer for ourselves. Uh, so I've been kind of saving it for you. Um, so I'm just gonna read the question now. Is that you ready? Are you ready to be yeah. to be thrown thrown to the wolves of questions on the Paleo View <laughs> podcast? I'm ready. Hopefully, I, I have the I've right never answer. Had, I've never had any of our <laughs> listeners treat us like wolves. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this question is from Shiva. I hope I'm saying um, I'm saying her name right. 
Um, I've had really bad acne for more than five years. I've had eczema since I was 11 years old, all over my shoulders, back and neck. I've tried a lot of topical creams, went to several doctors and invested in an insanely great amount of time in this, but couldn't fix it. My diet is relatively healthier than the average person. I was suffering from anorexia at 14. I recovered and started bodybuilding at 15. My diet has been relatively healthy since then. People who think there is a diet, skin connection, get surprised because my diet is very healthy and I and still I have very bad acne and skin problems. However, during my midterm break from college, I went back home and followed the autoimmune protocol. 80% of my acne cleared up by the fourth day. By the fifth day, my face was 90% clear. I just had the scars left over. The eczema was still there, though. So this is why I think I may have leaky gut and food intolerances. However, my midterm break is finished. I'm back at college. Now, I don't have the luxury of eating paleo foods, and I need help. I'm on a college dining hall meal plan. Our college uses a lot of vegetable oils to cook everything. I can eat at the salad bar, but I don't have a good source of protein. I cannot afford the chicken breasts that are sold here, and they have soy. Should I just eat the dining hall food for these four years of college and start the autoimmune protocol diet to fix my gut later when I can afford and have access to paleo-friendly food? Will my gut be harder to heal later if I don't act now? Okay. So there are definitely a few things in there that you guys can check in on, like in terms of like science and stuff like that. But um, first of all, I don't know where this listener goes to school or if they're like required to be on a dining hall meal plan. So my experience in college has been, I've only been on a meal plan two out of my four years, and both of those years they were required, Um, but it wasn't a full meal plan. So I only had to eat there like five meals a week. Um, And when I was eating there, it was kind of similar, like I'm not strict, strict paleo, um, but I understand in this situation, you want to, you want to be more mindful of the choices that you are making. you guys can uh, maybe chime in on this, but I like I think that using vegetable oil to cook everything in wouldn't be like the worst thing to deter you. I think you can still make good choices in the dining hall, um, regardless of that. Um, I also know in our dining halls we we generally have some decent um, protein source, so I'm not sure what yours is like, but a lot of the time we have a roast chicken, or there might be sandwiches that have deli meat on them, and you can just ask for the deli meat. Um, but I also totally get the problem of not having the budget to to pay for more luxurious options and cleaner options. Um, but what I will say is, like, I know at my school, the dining plan, like, we've done the math. It's, like, comes out to, like, $11 per meal is what we're paying. And those meals are not worth $11. So, like, you might want to look into going off of the dining hall meal plan if you have the option and trying to make it work within your dorm. If you have a kitchen, obviously that's kind of necessary if you are going to be um, going off the dining hall plan. But um, but it's definitely possible in a dorm kitchen. I've done it um, for pretty much three out of my four years. Um, and And you can probably save money that way, actually, even though it sounds like it might be more expensive than a dining hall meal plan. Those things are actually... A lot of money. Yeah, I actually asked my dad, and I don't know if everyone has this option, but when I was in school, the college had two options. One where you could just put, like, a lump sum of money on an account that you could only spend what were called, like, Mason money or whatever whatever your college calls it, right? And then, um, or you could do 
like a, an actual dining hall plan, which had variables of how many meals that you could do and what kind of meals and blah, blah, blah. And um, after my first semester, I realized that I wasn't making efficient use of the, <laughs> of the yeah. first uh, <laughs> of the big plan. And so I was like, can you just put that amount of money in that straight money account for me? Um, that's certainly what I would, because it was included in like my parental stipend, which is right. maybe what's happening here for this person as well. Um, or maybe you get a scholarship with that kind of stipend and you want to spend it at school. But for me, it allowed me, um, to use the money both on campus and at vendors off campus that accepted those dollars. Um, cause at the time I didn't make good choices and I wanted things like Papa John's pizza delivered all the time rather, rather than eating in the dining hall. But you could also use it the other way. You could use it by, like healthy foods. Um, yeah, Sarah, you just totally saw my college life just flash before your eyes. Didn't you? I never, I never lived in a dorm. So this is like a whole, yes. But now, now I, I, it doesn't like, now that I've heard it, it doesn't surprise me, but it's still, it's still, it's still hysterically <laughs> funny. I didn't have a, I didn't have a, um, I only was on campus one year and the one, the one year that I was, the dorm room didn't have a kitchen or anything, mm-hmm. but I got one of those micro fridges on Craigslist for like a hundred bucks, yeah. you know, that you can get at a hotel. So I was able to like save cold things in the fridge, like milk and Think stuff like that, that. Even if, even if Shivam's dorm room doesn't have. Like, even if her dorm area doesn't have a kitchen, she could probably do fairly well with, like, a mini fridge and a microwave in her room. It would mm-hmm. increase the cost of food because she'd be buying more stuff, like, pre-cooked from, you know, Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or, you know, the, the deli at her local grocery store. But um, I think it's quite possible to follow the autoimmune protocol with, you know, canned fish and naked rotisserie chickens and you know, salads and raw vegetables and, or those, um, microwave steamer vegetable packs. Like I, I would think that, um, if, if she does have the option of ditching the, the dining hall plan, that it would be, I mean, it would take a, it would certainly take a learning curve, but of course the autoimmune protocol takes a learning curve. Paleo takes a learning curve, uh, no matter what your situation is, right? There's always a trying to figure out what your quick meals are, trying to figure out what your um, budget meals are, trying to figure out, like, what your snack foods and your portable foods. Like, I mean, it's paleo and the autoimmune protocol are not hard after you've gone through that learning experience of figuring it out. Um, and so there's that that transition time that's that's a challenge for everybody, just sort of like, well, and what, what do I get to eat that feels like a treat? And what do I get to throw in my backpack as I'm rushing out the door to a class? So, um, so I think that... Part of it is really just reading labels and evaluating things. But my question, Sarah, for you is how good are dining halls at accommodating allergies? Because presumably, you know, if someone was this college, so if, if she is stuck in a dining hall plan, like presumably they have to be able to do gluten-free for a person with celiac disease. Yeah. So I don't know the answer to that question. I think it also depends on the school that you go to. Yeah. Um, Because some are definitely more accommodating than others. I know that, like, before, since I don't have real allergies, I haven't had to face that. Um, But I remember getting emails saying, like, if you do have an allergy, like, contact our, like, school nutritionist and, like, she can work with you to figure out what you can eat at the dining hall. So they definitely, like, have some way to accommodate you. Um, And... 
What was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, the other thing is, like, if you're trying to get into a dorm that has a kitchen, you can put something in your notes about, like, I have an allergy and really need to be able to cook for myself. That's honestly how I got my dorm this year. <laughs> um, and, like, I don't have, like I just said, I don't have, a, like, any real debilitating allergies, but I wanted to have my own kitchen and be able to cook. And, like, I run a food blog. I need my own kitchen and I need a place to take photos. Um, so I put that down in my extra. The micro fridge isn't going to touch the block. (laughs) Yeah. So I like literally put that down on my like application for dorms and I was like, I really need my own kitchen because I have to cook for myself because I have really severe allergies. So (laughs) just do that and then might help you get into. Just perjure yourself (laughs) on your dorm application. Yeah. Stretch, stretch the truth. So the other thing, Sarah, that I was going to mention is, um, I think her question was kind of like AIP or nothing at all and wait later. And my suggestion would be very similar to how we've answered this question previously, which is that, you know, jumping all in AIP can be a lot to take on. And while it's fantastic that she was able to do that and saw such um, great results in the amount of time that she was home from a break, I would think that also she would likely see a benefit from just getting rid of some of those high allergy foods like you were talking about. For for me in particular, skin issues are derived almost always from dairy, nightshades, and sugar. And so if you can... I also get them from um, eggs. So uh-huh. like any like food intolerance where you're making antibodies, acne is a pretty common side effect of the inflammation that's being caused from an immune reaction. So while while the oils and stuff would not be quote unquote AIP where we would request someone to go full boat AIP for, you know, as long as it takes for your symptoms to go away, I would anticipate that there would be a significant improvement in her condition by removing some of those, you know, highly inflammatory foods and Let's say she removes sugar, nightshades, um, dairy, and um, eggs. That's what we said, right? For mm-hmm. Let's say she does that for 30 days. Her skin is looking better. You know, then she can try to eat. Um, I started with egg yolks and then added back egg whites later. Something like mayonnaise um, is easy to make yourself in a dorm room um, and would be an egg yolk reintroduction that would probably be useful to have on campus or whatever. You know, you, you can reintroduce that and see how you react. And then, you know what I mean? Just play with what it is that um, your body is reacting to and then don't eat more of, of what it is reacting to. Um, but I, I feel like that's certainly a better option than just dealing with it later because um, it's not going to it's not going to get any better. And if anything, it's going to get worse for sure. Yeah, so I'll speak to that for a minute. Um, So a lot of the things that can be going wrong, um, whether it's autoimmune disease or some other kind of inflammation in the body, um, a lot of these go along with hormone imbalances. um, But basically what, and a lot of it goes along with nutritional deficiencies. So what can happen though is that uh, especially with things like hormone imbalances, neurotransmitter imbalances, which feeds into inflammatory pathways, um, the longer that the body is in those in that pattern, the harder it is to break out of the pattern. 
so, um, you know, a, a good example is uh, hormone balancing protocols. So uh, a functional medicine specialist might check and see what your hormones are doing, especially um, especially in the context of autoimmune disease. This is sort of a common thing or in the context of high stress levels, adrenal fatigue, it's thyroid issues, right? It's a very common thing to have estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, not cycling appropriately, not in the right relative levels. And part of the fix for that is diet related and addressing inflammation and addressing stress and getting uh, thyroid function optimal and, um, you know, increasing, for example, the vegetable content of a diet so that the body can better control um, what's called enterohepatic circulation. So hormones are circulated from the liver into the digestive tract and reabsorbed. And in a low fiber diet, too much hormones are reabsorbed and that can cause hormone excesses. So there's this whole like eating vegetables and having good quality protein and having the right kinds of fat. Like that's part of a necessary part of the solution. But the other part of the solution is training the body what's normal. And that's where um, you know, hormone supplements can come in or um, pharmaceutical ways of, of decreasing hormones can come in. And there comes this point of it's like this constant tinkering of get your body to normal hormone levels while doing all of this diet and lifestyle stuff to to retrain the body. And that's also so, for example, how um, antidepressants work is it's retraining neurochemistry. That's why um, when people do have depressive episodes, they need to be on those drugs for at least six months and usually a year to a year and a half is more common. So it's retraining the, the brain what is normal. And so there's certain biological processes like that that can go along with inflammation that the more entrenched they become, the less responsive they are to diet and lifestyle fixes on their own and the more medical intervention uh, especially from a functional perspective, may be required. Now, that being said, um, you know, when it comes to things like gut dysbiosis, something like uh, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which can be a cause of of, of acne, um, the new the new thought is that it cannot be cured with diet, um, and that um, an antimicrobial, whether it's something like rifaximin and a you know a, a powerful non-absorbable antibiotic or whether it's uh, botanicals and um, certain types of overgrowths will respond to the pharmaceutical better and others will respond to the botanical better. So there's like a customized, like, let's see what bacteria are growing and then we'll figure out exactly how we're going to treat it. You know, but the current um, current ideas from this, the SIBO experts is that you have to treat it and change diet, but that you, if you do the diet right, whether it's GAPS or SED or low FODMAPs, that that's symptom management. It's not actually fixing root cause. So there's part of this that um, there's, there's certain processes that when you get around to fixing it, um, it, it can be fixed. And there's other things that you want to get to sooner rather than later. And when you think about things like autoimmune disease, that's so tied with leaky gut and gut dysbiosis, the longer you allow the immune system to attack whatever tissue it is, the more damage builds up. So you think about Hashimoto's thyroiditis and, uh, you know, an autoimmune disease that is attacking the thyroid, the longer that you have that disease before changing how the immune system is regulating itself and addressing all of these different contributors, um, the more damage to the thyroid occurs and then the less you can gain. So the 
you know, more, um, the more likely it is to need thyroid replacement hormone for the rest of your life. So, you know, I don't kind of want to say like, if she chooses to just do the best she can and wait for years for the IP that she's, you know, dooming herself to lifelong issues, because that's certainly not the case. But the more that she can do now, so getting out the worst offenders, gluten, dairy, soy, um, and, and, the, and the more she can add that nutrient-dense focus in, choosing more vegetables, trying to figure out some organ meat, even if it's um, getting some encapsulated organ meat supplements, um, figuring out some more seafoods, even if it's canned, you know, canned fish is a great choice. So wherever she can add that nutrient focus in, because the, the immune system needs nutrients to be able to regulate itself, the, the better she can do now, the less likely it is that she's going to hit the end of that four years and be like, what did I just do to myself? Um, so I think that there's um, there's some really compelling reasons to put in some effort, but also, you know, it needs to be within that framework of, you know, there are limitations and doing the best that she can now is great and doing it in pieces is also fine. So if the first step is, you know, talking with a nutritionist on campus or whoever, you know, is in charge of the dining hall meals and figuring out how to make sure that her food is 100% gluten-free and dairy-free and soy-free uh, and maybe nightshade-free, like that's a great first step. And then figuring out what's a what's a solution to make sure that I'm getting in more vegetables. It, you know, maybe it's just choosing the salad bar more. Um, what's a great solution for getting in more seafood and taking this in bits and pieces um, and then, you know, like – like real life paleo book by Daisy Toth and Matthew McCary um, that really emphasizes that the making progress towards the endpoint is you no know, sustainable way is more important than jumping in with both feet. If jumping in with both feet is going to make it impossible, so keeping in mind that putting it off for four years is probably not a great idea, um, but really trying to do the best. Um, best that you can now while giving yourself some slack given, you know, acknowledging that there's limitations and they're beyond your control. Did that make any sense or did I just end up rambling? Of course it made sense. Uh, I wrote the book and you mentioned it. I'm behind it. Fist bumps. <laughs> <laughs> Do that. Um, Do real life paleo. Sarah eats the food that we make when she's here. She says it's fine. So <laughs> It's more than fine. <laughs> I eat so much better here than I do at home. <laughs> like my home and my parents' home. <laughs> she she got a tour of our like paleo pantry um today and she was like, What what is this place? It's, this is like Willy Wonka of Paleo here. Yeah, no, it's not like the pantry that they show in the book. It's like their like basement pantry where it's like <laughs> a grocery store. <laughs> I told her before we walked down, I was like, It's kind of like its own health food store. You can choose anything. <laughs> She's like, What are you doing with all this stuff? I'm like, the boys have to pack lunches. This is this is another tip. I am um, having a point, and it's not just a ramble. But I think you know one of the things to to think about and to help you succeed is also you know prepackaged foods. And Sarah, Sarah talked about um, you know what you can do to like if you don't do the dining plan. And um, our our solution to that is the boys pack their lunch. And as a college student, you could certainly mm -hmm. um, bring more of your food um, or go to your dorm to eat or whatever. It doesn't have to be for whatever the campus is providing. And so if you can find some kinds of foods 
um, that work well for you. And that's what we keep stocked here in the house because the boys pack their lunch. But maybe you can mention, like, some of the staples that you keep around or what you do to, like, while you're on campus that are that work well for you. Yeah. So I generally, uh, when I can find the time, which I try to make time for the most part, um, I like to to food prep, not meal prep, not like individual meals, but I like to prep large amounts. I mean, I'm sure that you guys talk about this a lot. Like, yeah, like, large... like kind of the Melissa Jawan well-fed approach where you're yeah, just like kinda. cooking up yeah. things. Yeah, and I don't do like a huge cook-up like some people might do that have like larger kitchens <laughs> and a bigger budget. But I do. That's like also to, one person. You're right. You're not cooking for a family. True, but I like to. I like to cook up like one, at least one main protein, um, not necessarily for the full week, but at least for a few days. And um, I like to have some veggies that I can eat raw whenever. I usually like to have carrots and tomatoes around, um, and then I'll bake some sweet potatoes because that's easy and cheap. And um, and then generally I'll just keep some other vegetables and meats. And other things in the fridge so that when the time comes to either make lunch really quickly or pack lunch, like, I already have a protein, I already have sweet potato, and then I just, like, either throw some Brussels sprouts in a skillet and fry those up in a few minutes. Yeah, so then it's just, like, a matter of a few minutes for, like, completing the meal, and then you can either pack that for lunch or you can cook it up really quickly if you come back to your room. Um, So that's, like, my main trick that saves me time during the week. Um, I always like to have some sort of bars around whether there are X bars or some other sort of protein bar. Um, and I mean, I, I try to eat like big enough meals to where I don't have snacks so much. Um, but as far as like eating on the go, I personally don't buy a lot of prepackaged foods, even if they're healthier ones, mostly because of price. Like, yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, all the, like awesome things like RX bars, like they're not cheap and necessarily in a college student's budget. So for the most part, what I spend my money on is like meats, vegetables, fruits. And that's what like the majority of my meals look like. So yeah. Cool. Kind of what the majority of my meals look like. Uh, That's what we're getting at. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us and um, sharing your your practical experience um, with this whole topic. I think that um, your uh, your experience add, added so much to that discussion, and it really would have been a very sad. Don't <laughs> just don't order pizza <laughs> conversation if it had just been Stacy yeah. and me. Yeah, it's hard, but you can find ways to do it at school for sure. You don't have to um, eat like, like a college, like yeah. Stacy did in college. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, so, Sarah, thank you again, and I have one request. Okay. You you need to post some of these videos on the Instagram now. Of what? Of your massive strongman oh, victory. Of your strongman. Okay, well today. they're so they're actually all over my other Instagram account because I have I have my Primal Bites one, but you know, not everyone there likes to see lifting videos. So I decided to make a second account and that's Sarah.lifts. Uh so I post I pretty much live posted today. <laughs> Almost all my events are on there. So yeah. You want to check it out there look at that can you, you new, can you have a new follower and yeah. you also have your own ebook so why don't you just remind sure. everybody where they can find you sure. and all yeah that jazz yeah so my blog is primalbitesblog.com 
um, there you can find a tab that says ebook, which is where you find more information about my e-cookbook, Helio in a Pinch, which is really written for people like, like this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're in college or if you work in nine to five, someone who's not necessarily cooking for that many people, they might just be cooking for themselves or themselves and one other and want it to be quick few pots and pans, like little cleanup. And, I will say and within we, budget. we make your recipes sometimes. In fact, just this week, it's on our meal plan that we made your uh, brisket recipe. Yeah. So even if you're not a single person, we just yeah. bought more brisket. We just yeah. basically <laughs> quadrupled the recipe yeah. Yeah. Um, and then had leftovers. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where to find me. And Instagram, Primal Bites or Sarah Lifts. Sarah Dot Lifts. And you're supposed to say and... Sarah.lifts. And Sarah.lifts. Yes. Well, we will make sure to put links in the show notes to all the different places you can find Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us today, even though you didn't really have an option. Um, (laughs) No, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. So you can officially go rest um, after your very long day. I'm going to go be horizontal now. (laughs) And um, we will be back next week, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.